2: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try
1: at mintmobile.com slash switch.
3: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of street hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now.
2: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 175. Bag Milk here, Tyler, Nation Dan, Rick, gang's all here. Going to talk about the Oilers for the next hour of your life as we lead into the weekend. There's a game tomorrow. Can you believe it? There is a game game tomorrow. There is an actual Edmonton Oilers game on the schedule tomorrow. Now, come on. We've still got, what, 20? 32 hours until that game happens. So we'll see. But right now, as of right now.
4: the Dude, the majority of both teams have already gone through the fucking issues. So this one's getting played.
2: Yeah. And what's interesting about that, too, is if you look at the practice lines, the line combos from today at the Oilers, a lot of people are upset about it. But I think Dave Tippett clarified after practice. He's like, listen, these are the bodies we got. We're going to maximize We're still working through some COVID issues, but we're going to get there. As we do every week, we're going to start off with the Oodle Noodle Delicious Debate. Check out the new locations. Kingsway, Airdrie, Aaron Rich. That's out by Tyler. And that's why Mm -hmm. I throw it out to Tyler Uremchuk for this week's delicious debate.
0: Well, I think we all know what the biggest story of the week was around these parts. So figured we should go there for Florida Panthers. (laughs) Thumb up or thumb down. On Evander <laughs> Kane becoming an oiler. Yeah, it, All right. Who wants that. to start? Audio.
2: Actually, you know, I'll just jump in. I don't like, there is no doubt that Evander Kane would help the oilers on the ice. There's no question about it, but I just think in my opinion, for me, the off ice allegations is too much baggage to bring around a team that just really doesn't need them right now. Um, I'm sure he would probably be on his best for behavior until the end of the season. If he did come around, but As many of the insiders were reporting, there's more to the story as the NHL is doing an independent investigation into Kane and the alleged protocol, COVID protocol violations. I just don't think the juice is worth the squeeze. Hell of a player. Don't want him around. Who wants to jump in next?
3: I'll, I'll just kind of bridge off of that bag of milk and say that, yeah, when it comes to just a pure risk assessment level uh, it's been mentioned a few times that there's a lot of high caliber teams that are looking at Kane or rumored to be looking at Kane the Carolina hurricanes, the Tampa Bay, lightning, the Florida Panthers, that kind of idea. And that makes sense. Those teams don't have question marks, the big question marks. Like we do, we already have enough risks and gambles that we're already betting on from the start of the season. I just don't think Patrick Kane, coming in, having all the off ice risk that he already does with the suspensions Evander is Kane. worth the, or sorry, if I, I hope Patrick Kane will come in. Uh, no, uh, Vander Kane. Yeah. I, uh, I just think that there's just too much risk there. It's not a good investment and we've made enough poor investments as it is already
2: this season. Rick, what do you think?
4: In terms of investment, I think it'd be a great investment. Cause I think it'd be super duper cheap and what you expect on the ice would be more than what you're paying for it. I understand all the off ice stuff. Um, he doesn't have any cases open against him right now. Everything that's, as far as I understand anyways, um, outside of the, the, the COVID thing from the 21st or right. whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, I don't know. I would do it. I would do it. So I know what people are going to call me on Twitter and not seeing all that fucking bullshit already, but whatever I would, I would take the chance. It's worth it to me.
0: Ooh. Yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> Like if this was a video game, then I'd do it right. Like he's extremely talented. I think he would probably come here and produce and, and behave for three or four months. And I think he'd score goals for the Oilers and they desperately need someone that could score goals. But for me, when I look at the team I root for, I want to feel good about cheering for them. And I just, I wouldn't feel great about cheering for Evander Kane for, for numerous reasons in there. And that's not to say that every NHL player is a saint or, you know, the Oilers haven't had bad dudes playing for them before, but in this instance, I just would say, you know, he's a not great guy. He's done some really shitty stuff, particularly to women in the past. And there's been a lot of allegations against him. And I just don't feel great about him being an oiler. So if he came here, I'm sure he would be productive. Um I just it wouldn't sit right with me. So I would understand why hockey-wise you would do it. I just think it's a little bit of a shame that it's even being considered by some teams. Like I really kind of wish that hockey culture would have been at the point where they would have said, you know what? Let's not touch this fucking guy. Let's just leave him for the year. No one wants him. Let's just let him sit. We can revisit and revisit it in the summer if he's shown he's changed a little. But this guy's That's-
4: gotten. Fourth, fifth, and sixth that, chances. I just, yeah. That's on the league, though, isn't it? Like, if the league doesn't and, want to in, fine. I'm fine with that. But the league has said, hey, listen, he's yep. available and, to be played. Yep. And uh, I think at that point, if you're not utilizing but, any opportunity and, out there.
0: And here's where I'll go with that, Rick, is I think this was all for nothing. I think the league, if the league suspended him once, 21 or 23 games for breaking COVID protocol earlier, what do we know about the Department of Player Safety? Things usually get worse the more you do stuff. So I don't see how the NHL sits there, looks at this and goes, yeah, no, you're fine. You can play. We're not suspending you for this one because if they didn't think he did anything wrong, if they didn't have him like dead to rights, breaking protocol, they wouldn't have given San Jose clearance to terminate his contract. So I just, I think he's getting suspended and I don't think he's going to be playing for a while, at least for 20 games. So I just think maybe we're just doing this all for, for no reason.
4: You probably you're probably right. But the the, the stuff from December twenty first, it was kinda I was referring to stuff from before that. Yeah. Um but the the twenty first stuff seemed to come out in mid-story or something like that. But everything before the twenty-first, I think if the NHL didn't want him in the league, then just take him out of the league and don't allow that. Um, to be an option but you look at the, I know it's completely different but you look at a team last year who took advantage of uh, of loopholes in the system and all of a sudden had you know uh, a salary cap 20 million dollars over everybody else's by the time the playoffs started right like if you're not taking full advantage of of loopholes and and missed situations then but, the,
3: but for I guess like I think and Rick and I know you I know you recognize it the 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 main issue is is a uh... You know, it's, it's all off ice stuff. It's just all off ice risk that, and I agree with you that the the league could step in, but these teams are all the league too, right? The Oilers are a part of the league. The Tampa Bay Lightning are a part of the league. And so they make the decision whether they want to include him in their plans or not. And, you know, you were we're we're debating a moral issue that I think that everybody has their opinion and they're welcome to have that opinion about. I don't think that makes anybody right or wrong. You have your own you have your own line as to what you accept and what you don't accept. Yeah. But that being said, you know, it's just we keep coming back to the fact that it's it's risk and it's risk and it's risk that the Oilers just keep taking on. And we've talked about like that guess, since the offseason. Yeah. I have hundred percent, hundred percent. Sometimes it does work out, but that situation to me is different because you weren't looking at an organization where we're, we're pointing at the GM. We're pointing at the president of hockey operations. We're pointing at the coach. We're pointing at the players. We're pointing at the goalies. Like it's every, every level of this organization in the NHL has question marks already. And now we're like, let's bring in another question mark that we have to then identify and help fix. I just don't think it's worth
1: it.
2: I think the Oilers right now are, to Dan's point, a circus. And I don't know if we need another tent put up at the circus. Um, again, there's no doubt that Kane wouldn't help on the ice. I just don't know that... Like I said, is the juice worth the squeeze? Mm-hmm. Um, if he doesn't
4: do anything here, if everything is in his past, and he doesn't do anything here while he's here... I-
0: yeah. And, and I'm not, you know? and I'm not, a, I'm especially not a person who's sitting here. If someone goes, yeah, no, I think the Oilers should give him a shot. I'm not sitting here being like, no, oh, fuck you. You're so wrong. But like, that's yeah, that's fine. But I-, I just also think there's some fans who sit there and go, yeah, I don't want to root for that guy. I don't want him on my team. And I think both sides of the argument are, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's just, it is really, really touchy though. And this is where,
4: that's, this is where, that's what, this is where Connor's thing comes in and goes, you know, at the end of the day, as much as fans pay the tickets, fans, you know, are essentially the the majority of the revenue, it's not really up to what the, the the the
3: fans want. Yeah. Well, and it's, and to your point too, that Connor statement, we talked about it off air. That's been kind of blown into different proportions. He could have oh. been talking about anybody in that situation. It just so happens that, you know, we're all talking about Evander Kane right now. And so people apply it to that Kane situation. And well,
2: and people- I think Tyler, you said that that was probably the third time he was asked that question.
3: Yeah.
0: Like he got asked that question three times in the press conference. And the first two times he said like, Hey, I really don't want to talk about this. Like it's not far enough down the road. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it kind of thing. And he just kept kind of getting put on the spot here. So I, again, like I don't, McDavid's comments. Yeah. I, I really wish as the face of the league, McDavid had a chance right there to step up and be like, listen, when it comes to this stuff, I think we need to take a bigger stance, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't do that. And I'm I'm not sure like people were dragging McDavid to being like, this is showing who he really is. And it's like, you know it, it it speaks about hockey culture for sure but
4: it's bigger than that
0: it, yeah i just i'm not sitting here i'm not gonna drag mcdavid for it and people were bringing up oh he dressed up as donald trump for halloween once and it's like so we're, we're what attacking mcdavid's character now because he didn't want to talk about evander kane but kept being told he you're being asked about evander kane i don't like that he got dragged for that
2: and well, well, first you know what? All, it's first of all dresses like it's Halloween. What the fuck are we talking about? I know on that one, but like for you me, like I think, devil. yeah, like I've, you know, I've dressed as a murderer before. That doesn't mean <laughs> I'm out here killing people. Um, but I think that with Connor too, he's a happy birthday, by the way, Connor, sorry for this as a, your birthday belated. week, uh, belated. We're also talking about a 25 year old kid that he's expected to know all the answers for everything that's thrown his way. I don't think that's fair.
3: Mm -hmm.
4: This is dude. It's been beaten into generations and generations and generations before us to ignore, turn the other cheek. Don't make a big deal of it. It's not if It's not affecting you. Don't fucking care. Like we all have fucking siblings here. I think, you know, you're all, you're arguing and mom, dad's like, you know what? Just fucking ignore them. right so it's been it's been beaten into our into our culture into our generation for generations and generations generations and now we're starting to get to the point where you can't do that anymore you need to be progressive in order to be helping if you're just like neutral and staying out of it you're actually holding things back but that's going to take fucking 70 years of thought process in order to get everybody on on board with it right so we've got all these people on twitter who are like oh i'm the fucking I'm leading the charge, blah, blah, blah. If you're not with me, you're against me type of bullshit. We don't accept the fact that it takes a long time for that that mindset to change. And all he was doing was just like, I don't want to be part of this. I don't want to be asked the question. It is what, you know, he's he's reaching for fucking words at that point. And people that sit there and want to for it. They're as big of the problem as the people on the other end. You have to realize it takes a long time for a, a big change like that to happen. And if you're sitting there expecting it to happen overnight, you're, you're an idiot. There's nothing like well,
3: that happens that fast. What frustrated me in Bag Milk, you covered the, the press conference with Ken Holland. Ken Holland stormed off from his own press conference. and Well, there actually, was nothing- I
2: found out after that wasn't exactly they true. Call-
4: oh.
3: He called, he no, was. No,
4: their PR guy him. said two more questions or whatever. And yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so he, he was it.
2: only supposed to give. So that's what I said. Uh, and it turned out not to be true. He was only supposed to give 20 minutes and then he was him two more questions call. But yep. he did, uh, at the end of the day, he did look rattled. Sorry, Dan.
3: Well, and that's, and what, so what I was going to say is it's like, you know, Rick, you've talked about it before. Like, we're damned if you do and you damned if you don't. To me, it's like, if Connor gets asked that question three times and he just storms off and ends the press conference right there, does he get skewered for that too? So of I, he I, does. When I when I said what like my initial reaction to the press conference when I heard the clip was this is just sad because I literally felt like Connor McDavid had no there was no answer that he could have given there that would have that would have satisfied everybody and that's that's just absolutely frustrating and silly but you know that's where we're at seven years into Connor McDavid's we, contract and that's why need, I'm frustrated.
4: No, this has nothing to do with the length of his contract. I got yes, anybody could have been asked that, Anybody could have asked that question and he should be given the same type of. It sucks that you have to answer that. You have to you get asked this question because there, there is not a right answer for you. It did not matter if that was Connor, if it was you, me, anybody, there's not a right answer out there to make everybody happy. We need to stop trying to make everybody happy.
3: But, but Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, those guys are not being asked, hey, are you willing to accept this red flag player in the middle of the season to come and save your team? Like They're not being asked those questions because the team doesn't demand it of them because they're not making the same mistakes seven years in a row.
4: But that market is completely different.
3: That might be part of it. The too, Edmonton yeah. Oilers
4: That's are fair, but- uh, Edmonton Oilers are such a fishbowl, and Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know. You could probably ask a bunch of people that live in Tampa Bay; they wouldn't have no idea who the fucking Tampa Bay Lightning are.
3: But the, but nobody's asked Nikita Kucherov. Are you okay with the rumors that Tampa Bay Lightning are looking at Evander Kane? We don't.
4: For, for, uh, first of all, I'm not so sure they have asked that question or not. But everton has been so closely knit, and we obviously follow the Oilers and all the all the all the media attention up here. There, I almost guarantee you, there's all sorts of questions asked by reporters down in the
3: in the, in the south. Um, but it's not like. But it's not like the Tampa like Bay that, Lightning. They just don't get blown out. It's not like the Tampa Bay Lightning are. To, desperate for Evander Kane's help to the point where they're asking their superstars, are you okay with it?
4: I'm sure they ask their superstars if they're okay bringing a guy like that in. Of course, you are.
3: I I don't know, man. It just like, and, and especially in the hypothetical so think, situation. I think, you know, I think, you
2: think the Tav- difference that Dan's Bay, getting I guarantee
4: to here. You, Bay is going like, hey, listen, what do you guys think about adding this player? Obviously, he'd be a bigger player, bigger role on our on our organization right and that's now.
3: That's what I think Dan's but I mean, to with this. Yeah, I think he's definitely thing. asking. Yeah, it's it's like yeah, I guess that, that's a good point too, Bag Milk. I didn't kind I of think, lay that I think out, but... that's yeah, what Dan's ahead.
2: getting to and talking about we're in year seven of Connor McDavid and rather than just asking him, hey, what's your opinion on this? The Oilers are looking at it as we fucking need a guy that could score. And I think that's what Dan was trying to get to. Sure, um,
4: and that's, yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, this, organ- this, this team hasn't been run properly or we haven't had you know all the green check marks we'd like to see but you know there's players get put on teams all the time and you you ask those guys like it's i don't know man i don't i don't think it'd be that big of an issue in the dressing room if he were to keep his nose clean one thing that if he goes in there creates issues for sure but if he goes in there and just fucking plays it neutral i think that the rest of the guys will be will be just fine
2: well that's one of the that's part of the risk for me because this is now you know you you can read stories about Buffalo, Winnipeg, and then San Jose. Like, what's the likelihood that he can keep his nose mm-hmm. out of it? I don't know. Um, if you have an opinion on Evanda Kane, hit us up, Owen Radio Podcast. Obviously, this is going to continue. Seemed like the story was going to be wrapped up in terms of a, a result at this point. But then the NHL sent out the memo, which you can read the full thing at dailyfaceoff.com. Frank Saravalli wrote about it. Um, they're doing an independent, investigation into what went on, on the alleged COVID protocol issues. Again, if you want to know, if you want to let us know, hit us up on radio podcast on Twitter and Instagram.
4: Is he vaccinated right now though?
2: Yeah. I, is he? I have no
0: idea. Bob Bugner. Uh, Bob Bugner said a couple of months ago, I think that he's vaccinated.
4: I was curious as to why that wasn't a bigger part of this conversation. Cause obviously um, if he was not to be vaccinated, then what the hell is the point of trying to pick him up? He wouldn't be able to play here. he would be in Archibald's shoots pretty much. Yeah. And another yeah. question actually, Tyler, do you know this, if Archibald's been um, vaccinated yet?
0: Oh
3: God. Don't I don't know either know. way. Someone you tweeted way? something the other day that like, yeah, he's like think. starting to recover or something. Well, uh,
4: stay locks back. They had essentially the same issues. Essentially the same timeline. It's, reasonable to think that um yeah. he would be on the cusp or kind of in the same situation as staylock however at the end of the day all that's all for naught if he hasn't gotten uh, uh vaccinated which yeah, I, that's I'm, why I was curious and i thought i read somewhere yesterday that he was but i i, I don't know if i if i, was I really saw for sure so the
0: tweet the tweet that made me think he was is that fake eulers gm account tweeted out a joke about archibald <laughs> being vaccinated and i was like whoa did <laughs> i miss
4: something
2: that might be the one. I literally that saw the same tweet. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I went to the same tweet as you said that, and then there, I see it's the fake one. And
2: yeah. if I'm being honest, I kind of forgot about Josh Archibald. Me too. I apologize. But if he's uh,
3: like,
4: let's say, if he's vaccinated, that's a a decent addition to this team.
2: He,
3: well, Colton Sevier, I think, has made him expendable. <laughs>
4: Dude, uh, Taurus is playing, Shore is playing. I suppose he (laughs) he can replace Taurus. For
2: sure, for sure. (laughs) Because, like, I mean, we're going to look at the lineup combos when we talk about tomorrow's Senators game. But, uh, listen, if if he could play, then there's probably a spot, I would imagine. Um, The
4: fourth line only has two guys on it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll we'll get to
4: that. And it's not because we're rolling 7 D.
2: No, nope. we have got some COVID issues. As we <laughs> need some guys to come off the list. Um, uh, that, so there you go. There's your oodle noodle debate. If you're hungry this weekend, it's Friday afternoon. Get yourself something to eat. Hit our friends up at DoorDash. Get yourself some oodle noodle right there. Ding dong. Uh, Dan brought it up. The Holland Presser. That was the other big news from this week. Again, the media requested that. It was 20 minutes. Didn't really say a whole lot, but I personally wasn't expecting him to. That's kind of what your GMs do around the league. They're not exactly the most forthcoming in those, and nor do I necessarily think they should be. But uh, I'm just going to go around the horn. What do you think of Holland's press conference? Tyler, you you talked about it. New series you're doing on the Nation Network YouTube page. Mm -hmm. Check that out. Subscribe. We're going to have more content going up there. Tyler, what do you think about that one?
0: Yeah, if you're listening to this, if you could do me a solid, go subscribe to our YouTube. We're going to have a bunch of new content going out there and at the daily Face of YouTube. So um, I know how many people listen to this podcast. So I will know if each and every one of you individually do not subscribe (laughs) to both of those YouTubes. Please do it.
2: Tyler will then come to your house and he will ask you to tracking And he will watch you do it. (laughs) Absolutely.
4: Just walks up with a tablet. (laughs) (laughs) Enter your info right here, please. There you go. Uh, yep. Ken Holland,
0: I, uh, he backed up Dave Tippett. And I think in a way, Unsurprising. I, I don't love that he did because I do think a coaching change would help. But the one thing since he came out and backed up Dave Tippett, how much noise have we heard online about a potential coaching change? It's fallen off a cliff. So from the perspective of killing a bit of a media storm and a fan base storm, he went out and accomplished that in hushing the Dave Tippett rumors, um, at least for the time being, until they lose again. Um, yeah, I was
4: going to say they haven't played yet. That's kind of why.
0: And the really interesting takeaway for me in terms of what could happen in the coming months, I was really hoping Stuart Skinner would get the call up to stay and they would put Koskinen on waivers at some point. But based on Holland's comments, it made me think that one, he said, like, we need to get back to Smith and Koski, and Skinner's in a good spot. He's an NHL goalie. Back to Smith, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he said, like, Stuart Skinner's a future NHL goalie, but he's in a good spot right now. So that led me to believe one, they're not going to bring him up a lot this year. At least that would have been their plan before Smith got hurt. And two, that they are probably banking on Skinner being on the NHL team next year.
4: Do you think he would actually tell you, though? Like uh, to me, the Holland. I don't think he would have gone. Just, like, I don't
0: think he would have gone out of his way to say we need to get back to Skinner and Koski or Schmidty and Koski. Okay,
4: but I, I was I was feeling more along the lines of like uh, if if he wasn't pumping up Koskinen, like I felt like he was saying not bad things about Koskinen only because in hopes he's the one who has to fucking end up moving him if you can move him right. Like you don't want that guy shitting on you. And it's funny how Tippett comes out and says one thing about about uh, Koskinen, and everyone gets all negative about him. It was a negative comment, whatever. But then the GM doesn't come out or comes out and doesn't say something negative about him. And he gets kind of ridden the same way.
0: No, and, and I wasn't even going from the perspective of like, I I obviously wouldn't have expected Holland to come out and be like, Koskinen sucks by the way, guys. We need Skinner up here. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks, Pete, for that one. But I think if, they're, if they would have had like some sort of internal discussion about like, you know, Skinner's going to come up at some point and we're going to put Koskinen on waivers. I think Holland's answer might have been something more along the lines of like, we have three good goaltenders that we believe in and you know, we're going to keep juggling things around and we know whichever tour on the roster, you know, we're confident. They're going to give us chances to win down the stretch. I think he would have worded it differently than being like point blank. We need to get back to Schmidt and Kosky.
4: He told I mean, me that if he said something like that, a lot of people would be like, well, he's given up on Koskinen, and he's just, yeah, trying maybe. to word it as nicely as possible, which I honestly think he's at. I do not think he wants to around any longer. And I do think he would like to fucking have him off the roster in a, in a, in a second. And he is sw- swapping with Skinner. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think saying those things right now helps him at all. And there, I, therefore, that's why he didn't say anything.
0: There's now also the news today. And I know we're I'm jumping a little as so we can touch on it later, but Staylock is attempting to come back.
2: Yep. He'll be going down to get through waivers first provided that he clears waivers. I would imagine he probably would though, given the the health implications at least to start, right? I don't think he will.
0: No, I have a, I have a funny feeling Minnesota might take him back there. I know for a fact, Minnesota was sniffing around the backup goalie market a little bit at one point this season. Now, um, Kakanen started to play better, so maybe that's hushed it, but the third goalie in their system is Zane McIntyre. I think like they don't, unless they have one on their, practice or on their taxi squad, but I don't even see one there. Talbot's been hurt a little bit. Kakanen's been up and down. Staylock's a Minnesota guy familiar with the system. I don't think they really wanted to lose him to begin with. I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota claimed Staylock.:
2: And you know what? Sometimes you just need some insurance, don't you, Tyler? Mm-hmm. Like exactly what you'll get from our <laughs> friends at Cornerstone Insurance that have been doing it for 90 years and four generations. They've got all the products you need. Auto residential, commercial life insurance. Go to cornerstoneins.ca. Left-hand side of the screen, you got a little button. Citizens of the Nation, click that, baby. Get yourself a discount. Um, we will get to stay lock a little bit uh, coming up. But any anything else in terms of the Holland Presser? For me, I wasn't expecting a whole lot in terms of what he said. What I was expecting was Detroit references. And man, I got them. I set the over-under at two and a half. Anybody who cleared that, anybody who took the over, got 2,000 bag milk bucks deposited into their bank account. Spend those where you can. Make sure.
4: Shroot bucks? Are they big with your face on them?
2: That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Big
3: shroot bucks. <laughs> I um, five five shroot bucks equals, five equals 25 Stanley Nichols, if you remember. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just going to say, uh, I want to say thank you to Bag Milk for transcribing that press conference because what it does is it allows me to pull an Eric Cartman and just... I don't even have to watch it anymore. Bag milk just breaks it down for me. And then I just read his tweets afterwards.
0: I did an there entire was... YouTube video on the press conference and I didn't watch it. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> there, there are a couple of things uh, that I want to ask your opinion about because there's all like as much as some of the fans questions. were. In a... Yeah. But yeah. like what? Like what better, didn't fo- get asked?
4: better follow-ups. No, better follow-ups. So he was talking about the kids, right? And he said, you got the kids up here, the kids, kids, whatever he says, six, seven, whatever. Um, and then you get down on them and you don't want the kids here anymore. Well, I think in that situation is when those kids were your top end players, when you're, when you're rushing your kids into top six and they can't play, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, no, move on. and You try and figure it out. I mean, we've been there before. We've seen it from 07 till I don't know, last year or something. Um, but in this case, I think we want the kids that we want up here now are, our secondary players. Therefore we kind of allow the mistakes a little bit longer that, um, yeah, I'm cool with McLeod coming up and making a mistake on the third line. It means a lot less than when you bring your fucking putting Nelson, uh, Robert Nielsen, Nelson or whatever the fuck on the first yeah. line, he's making a mistake. Um, I just figure like I, I get where he, the the, the the responses that Holland gives. I think if, he's trying to take an easy way out. And if you actually pay, well, that's not exactly what I meant. This is what I meant. I think you can get him hung up on questions a little bit more.
2: I, I agreed actually in the sense that play the kids, play the kids, play the kids. <laughs> you said it. And then you don't like the kids or whatever. I get it mic. in. I get it to the point where, what was that Tyler? <laughs> Sorry. I have a, I, cute have a up kennel, Tyler.
0: I have a Ken on sound clip. I want to play after your answer.
2: Okay. Yeah. So I just think that at some point, and then this is what I said on last night's episode of better late than never subscribe everywhere, please. Um, eventually it comes to a point where some of those kids probably deserve a chance lower in the lineup, like Rick said, over some of the veterans that are playing there. I I mean, would you give Cooper Marodi, who has performed excellently at the AHL level, should he get more of a sniff than two, three, four minutes Mm -hmm. a night over a guy like Kyle Turris? Or is it because Kyle Turris is a veteran that's been around a long time, he gets way more leash than a young guy gets. So that's kind of what I'm wondering about when it comes to playing the kids. I don't think rushing them is a good idea. We've seen that a million times, like Rick said, but at some point you kind of got to see what you got there as well.
4: Yeah. And they got to come up and they got to make mistakes. That's part of the game. Right. And before, you know, in terms of Marodi though, I, there's three dudes up here um, that need to get more ice time before I bring Marodi up. I sure, like made and I'd like Deanna. to see more minutes from. Yeah, especially after he has a, has a big game and McLeod had that big game and came back with, you know, eight minutes in the fucking game. And, you know, Seager deserves a little bit more um, uh, showtime over, you know, the tourists of the world. Again, I've said this before. I don't think this coach is playing the, the, the roster properly. And I know the coaching kind of uh, the coaching change has kind of gone away or gone quiet right now because we haven't played a game in, in a while, but I don't see this coach being here next year. And anytime you're using, you're using right now, you're just kind of wasting time for the, for the, for the next man up.
2: Well, Tyler, what's the clip you got? Oh, sorry, Dan, oh, go
3: ahead. I was just going to say like for, for me, like when, when I feel like you have the same reaction that the Oilers organization does Rick to the call up of a Cooper Marody. To me, that's that's what good organizations do when they're struggling: is they bring up, they've they've bring up a guy that's they bring up a guy that's earned so. his spot and earned a chance to be on the NHL roster and see if he can spark <laughs> something. It's not going to be think
2: a, Tyler's Tyler. Sorry, Tyler. The is gun shy. Of, I think trigger happy. I, I, say. I,
4: I think they've given Marodi a couple opportunities. I know they haven't really given a, a, a lot of minutes in the time he's been here, well, um, but I think how, he's been passed over by other players in the go, and I don't see how he how he gets up here anymore. Oh, as a know, GM. There is such thing. There's a such thing as a guy who's like a quadruple-A player who's almost too good to play in the triple-A and not good enough to play in, in the next league yeah. up. Um, Alexander okay, yeah. Giroux, I think, was one of our best players for Springfield a bunch of years ago. and That dude just couldn't crack an NHL lineup. Yep. Anton Lander was kind of in the same situation where he was yep, really good but, down okay. there. and then didn't
3: But as, as, the GM, as a GM, how can you say that you have to find your, your solutions from within and then not try solutions from within?
4: But how, so do you, just, how many times do you try it though? He's been up How many times has he tried
3: course. in this 12 game law, losing streak? How many how many kids has
2: he brought up? But he's how many
4: tr- still Mar- Mar- has Mar- been, try- Mar- been up has been up a couple of times. Uh, no, game. One
2: game. One game. He's got one like, point and played six minutes. In the thousand.
3: I don't know. Like it, it's just one of those things. Like Ken Holland can't sit at a press conference and say we have to find it from within, and then we're not finding anything from within. We're just hoping that. It kind of to within, and, uh, yeah,
4: and you need and you need your Bensons to play more, and you need your McLeod's to play for, and you need your Seavers more to play for. Those guys, I'm not bringing up a Marody ahead of those guys.
3: Why not? Yeah. But why? But like
4: and why is, is all the same? If Colton,
3: if Colton Sevier is your third right or your second right wing tonight, then why isn't Cooper Marody your third? He's not good enough. No, because we're not calling them up because we're not given a chance. We're just we're gonna have to find it from within the locker room that Ken Holland has constructed.
4: That's scary to me. Yeah, and I think there's there's there is everybody there can can handle the minutes and the and the spot. It's just they haven't. Kyle Torres. When we were when we were playing, well, no, he's a fucking 14th. Devin Shore, he's not in my four thousand.
3: Sorry. Devin Shore.
4: Uh, he's probably on his way out too, but a, a eight eight to nine minute fourth line guy. I don't think he's terrible there. Moving him up to second line, I think is ridiculous.
2: What Ooh, I was see- just, and I, I'm not going to get hung up on Cooper Marody yeah. because like yeah, it's just an point, example. But it's but, just an example. But for a guy who's over a point a game the last two seasons in the AHL or close to a point a game, I should say, it just seems weird that he hasn't gotten more than seven total games in the last three seasons. Yep. So, uh, but I also don't disagree with Rick that guys like I would like to see more Tyler Benson and McLeod playing together. Those two have ob- obviously have chemistry from their time together with the Condors. Mm-hmm. Why aren't they playing more? Why why aren't they getting a, a look in other situations? Whereas a guy like Cassian will get bumped up immediately in the lineup, despite the not
4: coach won't much at all. play them because the coach won't play. And that's them. the problem in my eyes.
2: And it's the same thing with Marodi. They won't play him either. So I don't know what the answer is. Again, hit us up, Owen Radio Podcast. What do you think the ideal lineup should look like for the Edmonton Oilers? What would you like to see?
3: 12 Connor McDavids.
2: 12 Connor McDavids. I would also like to see that. That is an unstoppable team. I would even throw him a net at that point because I don't think he'd be getting very many shots against Tyler. Yeah. Please play the clip that you had queued up. It's so funny. So
3: you know
4: I'm gonna reflect back on my time in Detroit. And hey,
3: so, so at that exact moment, how does the entire media room not just groan like we're all in high school again? <laughs> but right? like, I love oh, I'm playing it again. Why, do, fucking, we, can, it why again. do we
4: not like someone's resume though?
3: I
0: just I'm playing it again. sec. So <laughs>
4: You know, I'm going to reflect back on my time in Detroit. And
0: I just think it's funny because he, like, cannot think of an answer. He's like, uh, uh, and then his default is just like, well, back in Detroit. And I just thought it's, that the was the reason. It's been, it,
4: but it's been, but it's been, it's what you know, it's a path you've walked, it's something you've experienced and, and, and understand. I understand it's a long time now, but we're not really referring to it as we're well, talking about 30 years like, ago.
2: It's like yeah, but for the, the, me, the game of hockey hockey really is, hasn't
4: changed. Sure, it the has. salary cap ta- has.
2: At that time, Detroit no, was the spending stuff, twice yes, the salary cap.
4: There's twice the average I, salary. Yeah, there's some stuff out there that I completely, uh, completely agree with, but uh, I just find like everybody as soon as he goes back into like, this is what I've done before, or something like that. Well, dude, when it comes I, to like, if I was going to a surgeon, I'd kind of want a surgeon who's done that, but who's done it before.
2: But. Uh, that's not apples to apples, in my opinion. You can't compare what happened in 1994, Detroit to 2000, to 2022. There's a salary cap. He had eight Hall of Famers on those rosters back in Detroit. They spent double the average salary at that time based on, on what I could find. It's just, I don't mind the resume stuff. But in his third year as GM, I would rather we talk about here and now more so than what happened 30 years ago. I mean, what, was the was
4: allowed, that, what was the question that led? What was the question led to
2: that answer? Uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman from the Athletic asked him what his take was on the Oilers being outscored two to one at even strength when Connor and Leon are on the ice. Uh,
3: <laughs> it's I, I like for me it's just you know. It's like I said, it's like, you know, when when a parent starts to go into the same kind of old stories that they have or a teacher tells you the old story that you've heard 16 times in previous classes, like it's just it's just enough. And he knows it. That's why he that's why he had that drag on there at the start where he's just like, can I do anything else but refer back to 20 years ago when the salary cap didn't exist?
2: Again, I don't mind the resume.
3: <laughs> just, I don't know. Everybody so, yeah. hates it's everybody.
4: Just, ha- everybody. Everybody hates older people
3: right now. And I. know I, I just don't really. I no, know it's I that's it. not fair. I like look at look at a GM. Sure I, I always I look at a GM seniors. like like Glenn Sather. Right. I think he's one of the best GMs to ever <laughs> to ever grace hockey. But Glenn Sather showed that he couldn't <laughs> handle when he had to have his purse strings, you know, controlled as a salary cap guy. So the that's game changed age thing. It's a game-changing thing. The game has moved on from what Ken Holland was successful at. I'm not saying that he can't change his stripes. I'm not saying that. But when he that's keeps referring saying, back yeah. to the old stuff, it's hard not to believe that he's just going to be the same old guy because that's what he did in Detroit. I just
4: don't, well, I'm I just. An don't man, i an old man, so I kind of... Uh, yeah, I think I started to take that shit a little, we're old, a little, old, a little buddy. closer to home now. I just don't, I, don't, I just don't think no, stories Tyler's from 30 years
2: right. ago are necessarily relevant to bring up in 2022. That's the only thing I think about it.
4: Wasn't he in the finals like 12 years ago though?
2: Oh yeah. Post salary cap Detroit did win. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Um, But eventually it's who cares? I want to, I want the Oilers to win.
4: Thousand percent.
2: So again, if you got thoughts on the Holland press conference, I wrote about it at Oilers Nation. Nobody wants to hear about the Red Wings, but to Rick's point in that article, some people hammered me for being like, well, you can't ignore the resume. Whereas others were, you're right. I don't want to hear about Detroit. He's the GM of the Edmonton Oilers now. So everybody's got an opinion. The weird thing, and we talked about it, is you can't have an opinion anymore and have a dialogue about it. It's either this is what it is, fuck you, or no other way. It's very, very toxic. In Oilers land right now. That's it's why I like the social mix social we have on this podcast. Though we I think usually it's all in, bring I think it's something
0: in. generally different.
4: I think it's well outside just Oilers land. It's pretty much. I'm just uh, talking specifically about Oilers world, but yes,
2: thousand uh, percent. Like, do I think Rick's fl- an absolute it's, it's, clown it's, for the everything.
0: opinion he shared? Yeah, sure. Should we kick him off the
2: podcast? <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> and as we know, Tyler likes seniors. That's that's the. I'm mad they
0: get breakfast for cheaper than me at some places, but other than that, I'm on good terms with most seniors.
2: Listen, let me tell you, there was no happier day in my dad's life than when he got a senior discount card at Humpty's, and he got to have a discount on his breakfast. And he laughed at my brother and I for paying full price. When my dad
0: hilarious. When my dad turned fifty five, he went for breakfast by himself to IHOP just so he could get the thing.
4: (laughs) Oh yeah, if the family's not getting up to go, you got to go on your own. Yep.
2: Uh, since we just talked about social media being a negative cesspool of hell, I want to talk about the fun side of social media because man, did we ever need a story like this one to stop the internet from imploding upon itself. So I got to give a very special shout out to Kodak Black. Thank you. The rapper, if you don't know who Kodak Black is, check him that out. That was everybody. Eye.
4: That was everybody. What night was that? What night was it? What they say, Friday? So it was like Wednesday, I think. It was Tuesday. It was Tuesday. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Tuesday at noon. And I'm not speaking for everybody, but there was a hell of a lot of people that had no idea who Kodak Black was. Tuesday by about 10 p.m., uh, depending on your, uh, your area code, there were a lot of people who knew who Kodak Black all of a
3: sudden was. I thought well, Kodak Black was a photo developing service or something. Yeah. No.
2: Yeah. Just like it's like the premiere. Premier version of Kodak photos. Um, I'm a big hip hop guy. So I actually quite enjoy Kodak Black. He's got some smash jams. But that was what, what Rick said was very, very true and very, very funny. Kodak Black starts trending on Twitter on Tuesday night. And I'm like, why is Kodak Black trending? Why is Florida Panthers trending? So then you dive into <laughs> it and you see this grainy phone video from across the arena of Kodak Black, looking like he's having a very good time in a luxury box at the (laughs) Panthers game. Now, as it turned out, that was not the case. It was just a little bit of twerking, a little bit of dancing. We saw an alternate angle, but that didn't come out until much later. So I just want to say how much fun it was to see Twitter actually having a good time instead of just needlessly fighting with each other. Tyler, I will give you full credit. You are the first one that sent me the Kodak black clip. And it could not have been funnier. So I'll just start with you, Tyler. What did you think the first, when you first saw the video from the Panthers game?
0: Yeah, when I first saw the video I thought what everyone else was thinking I was like is he actually doing this? And then you pick up on a few things, right? Like the Panthers executives being right next to it and like looking over being like what the hell? The that NHL's tweet
2: being like the NHL's tweet that they deleted being like welcome Kodak Black. Just it was the best. It was, it was all so, so good. fucking good.
0: And all the tweets, so there was the one that was like Kodak Black to the Panthers fourth line. You know I'm somewhat of a grinder myself. And then even the tweets when the second, like, as if there was a second angle of this happening, that's hilarious in <laughs> itself. It's and, film. It, and everyone, you know, is the classic jokes, right? Like, oh, video review at an NHL Upon game on whether or not the Kodak review. Black was banging. I don't know.
2: The, the jokes great. were great. My joke was the secondary scoring. Kodak Black brings the secondary scoring you need. There was other ones that just made me howl. Uh, there was a montage of Bruce, uh, Bruce Boudreaux saying fucking. <laughs> and the <laughs> caption was, what is Kodak Black doing at the Panthers game? And then the video was the, the punchline. There was uh, some that just said, Kodak Black really went into a Panthers game, looked around and thought, this is the vibe I want to bang to. And again, that wasn't the case. <laughs> The alternate angle came out afterwards, (laughs) but in the moment, man, just hilarious. And then to cap things off later in the evening, when Roberto Luongo jumped in with his first tweet of 2022 to make a joke about it, seeing as he was in the in the luxury box right next door. (laughs) Man, it was exactly what I needed on Tuesday. Uh,
0: You're talking about this one with the Bruce Boudreaux?
2: Fucking 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 fucking
3: fucking fucking
0: fucking 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 n- <laughs> <That's> so good. <laughs> Apologies to the kids. I know we try to keep it cleaner than that.
2: Uh, you should you should bleep it every time. I was just dying. Well, and you,
3: I can't remember who said it, but the, the the timing of the second video was such that like the entire Eastern time zone went to sleep thinking that yep. coitus had occurred. And so the next morning, there was so much like arguing back and <laughs> forth about what really happened because lockdown. people are like, I only saw that one video. And then some people are like, no, I saw the dance video. So yeah, it was, it was a great uh, little timeline.
2: All I know is that Kodai Black provided me with the kind of social media reprieve that i Desperately needed on Tuesday night. And regardless, That's what social that, media is
4: for. That's the, what's exactly what it's supposed to be out there for.
2: Yes. Yes. We were all having a good time. I know I was making memes about it. I was having fun. So many people were too. And for that, I just want to say thank you to Kodak Black. Regardless, you didn't score at the game, but. You are now number one in our hearts. And as Wanye said on the Oilers Nation Twitter account, probably did more for the Florida Panthers than they've done for themselves <laughs> in years with this kind of promo.
4: Hey, he didn't have like a... He didn't have an album come out this week, did he? I don't
2: think no,
0: so. That I but know. I think the lady he was grinding with is another rapper who apparently did have an album coming out soon. Oh, well, go download uh, and
4: subscribe. Well, um, that's just it. Yeah. Cause, I mean, you go back, you watch like uh, 50 Cent at the... Uh, the opening pitch at a Yankees game or a Mets game, I think once. Yeah. And he like, he's throws lefty, So he put it like almost, he put it closer to first base than he did at uh, a home plate. Um, and he got all sorts of fucking publicity out of it. And they're like, Oh, he's got an album tomorrow. So I was like, well, I guess he can throw. It. He just threw his dignity away here and whatever for the fucking dollars.
0: He, uh, Kodak black did appear on the new album from Gunna, though. That was, uh, Yeah. <laughs>
2: Go check code out Kodak Block if, if you still don't know who he is, yeah, maybe just dive into it. Uh, I also, it. Before, we, before we move on to Ask the Idiots, I got to do a couple of little promo items here. Number one, the January, 20, uh, the January 22nd edition of the Battle of Alberta. We are doing a viewing party and then we're going to the game together. So we got a block of tickets. We are going to the pint downtown first. That's where we're meeting up pre-game. Then we're going to the game together. Tickets are available at nationgear.ca. There will be some giveaways. We'll have our usual shtick going on. We're running out of tickets there. So if you want to get involved in this nationgear.ca, that's where you get all the information. I also wrote about it on oilersnation.com. You can go check out all the details there. Now you may ask yourself, but bag milk, what happens if the game gets postponed? Obviously we hope it does not because it's going to be a good time. Saturday night battle of Alberta. What are we talking about? If it does, however, get postponed, we will offer you a full refund. Good. Second promo item, the Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament that, takes, that is taking place at the yes. end of this month. Tyler and I, as it turns out, are going to be roomies for the weekend. And we're going to roadie up together. I'm going to pick you up. Oh, we should make a road trip playlist. We should. Lots like of Godact Black. Uh, we are, there's only a couple spots left if you want to enter a team for Mm -hmm. that tournament. Again, go to OilersNation.com. I wrote about it. Gives you all the details you need, how to enter. Or if you just Google Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament, I find that's the easiest way to find it. There's all the information there for you as well. Don't delay. I promise you, it will be a full tournament. All right. For our friends at Buster's Pizza, location near you, I promise. And I heard actually from some folks that listen to this podcast, new locations opening around. So Buster's Pizza is spreading. Mm -hmm. And for that, we salute them. Go to Buster'sPizza.ca, find a location near you, whether you want a pizza, whether you want dinner, no problem. They got it for you. Delicious. Improve your life with Buster's Pizza. As I do every week, I have asked you to submit the questions. You, the listener, that is. I give them to the boys. They have not seen these first. I have seen them, so I will chime in last. This first question for my friend, Tyler, he is up on my screen. Hello. Ask the idiots for Buster's pizza. If you could build the Oilers management from ground up from coaches to GM, who would be your coach and who is your GM? Holy shit.
0: Um, like, do they have to be available
2: right now? Nah, let's just, let's just for the, just, the, 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 sake of this question to keep yeah, it yeah. simple. Let's just go we'll open it wide up. You know what I would
0: hire. He is available. I would hire Rick talk to be my head coach. And my GM would be a guy who they maybe should have hired when they hired Ken Holland, and that would be Bill Zito. So I'd go with a Rick Tockett Bill Zito duo as my answer.
2: I know I'm putting you guys on the spot. I see Dan and Rick kind of searching around there. Dan, you're next up on my screen. Who you got, coach oh, and GM?
3: See, I, I did this challenge with my brain a couple of weeks ago where I took all the little pieces of Oilers GMs that I would Frankenstein together in the last, I think it's like 25 years. So I have a GM with Kevin Lowe's trade negotiations, Peter Torelli's ability to negotiate contracts, Ken Holland's winning with the Red Wings and Tambellini's patience with this team. I think that creates a perfect GM. And for head coach, I I've always just wanted to see a Ted Nolan head coach in Edmonton. I don't know why I just, I liked his style and just didn't think he'd get a fair shake. So I'd love Ted
2: Nolan. Rick, do you have an idea of who you'd like as your ideal GM and head coach?
4: Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of moving on from our coach right now. And the guy, he may not be the best option out there, but the guy I would go with would be our man running Baker right now. So I'm bringing in Woodcroft <clears throat> and then the GM I don't know, man. Those are so hit and miss. I remember when uh, was it? Paul Fenton was the next big name, and uh, everyone was sitting there. And if you didn't hire him, you got shit on. And then he came out and did absolutely nothing. So I think it's such a—it's almost like goalies. So I just want the—I uh, want to sit there and listen to listen to what they have to say. I want to—I want to know what their mindset is. I want to use some uh, some of the analytics. I want to use some eye test. I want the—I uh, want a little a little bit of everything in there. I don't know exactly who who that is. But uh, I'm looking at moving on to uh, probably a a newer voice, uh, a younger voice, if you will. And um, yeah, I don't really have a name, but uh, just the type of player, this type of guy I would like to see in there.
2: Uh, Just to wrap it up, I would, if I got to pick... A coach and a GM, I would pick Jay Woodcroft and I would give him an experienced associate coach, a guy who has been a head coach before. If the argument against him is that he doesn't have enough experience, which I don't necessarily agree with based on his time as an assistant and what he's done in Bakersfield, give him him an experienced uh, assistant coach. Maybe even somebody already knows, like a Glenn Gullitson. As for the GM, I I I like Tyler's pick of Bill Zito. Um, he's done a lot down in Florida in a short time. I like that one. Next question for
4: Ask. He also he yes. also may have been a, he may have been the one who gave Kodak Black the tickets to the game too, right? So
0: mm, that's exactly. interesting. We could have had that moment at Rogers Place.
2: <laughs> yes, I would have loved to see Kodak Black. Grinding at Rogers Place. Um, Reversing the order. Well, Rick left. uh, Reversing the order a little bit. Question two for Ask the Idiots, Buster's Pizza. I'll start with Dan. If you had fuck you money, how much would you pay to push the plunger when they blow up the saddle dome? Personally, I would pay $25 million. That's the question.
3: Uh, my answer, well, oh, yeah. oh, that's, I hate that stadium so freaking much. As long as they include the coolers from this past game in there, I'll pay a cool, I'll go 25 million plus
2: $1. Uh, Rick, the question was, if you had fuck you money, how much would you put pay to push the plunger to blow up the saddle? Dope? Our question Is there- submitter would pay $25 million.
4: Zero. I'd rather have it stay there and have them play out of it for the rest of their fucking <laughs> franchise life. You
0: would buy the team and keep them there.
2: Good <laughs> yeah. point. We would just kill the whole arena project in Calgary. Build and a wall sorry. around the stadium. Yeah. Their sorry, budget, Ryan Pike. Their
4: their the career the the salary budget is like three dollars above the floor. <laughs>
2: <sighs> Tyler, how much are you pay to blow up the Saddle Dome?
0: First of all, I like that you said we could buy the flames, then blow up the arena deal, but we don't have to because they did it themselves. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I would honestly, like, forget the Saddle Dome. I would like to push the button that blows up any sort of building, you know, like a demolition thing, like you hit yeah. it, you watch it implode, you hear the dynamite go off. I think it'd just be kind of cool. I saw a TikTok of them doing it to a bridge once, and I thought that was really neat.
4: Tyler, I don't want it to be the butt. I don't want it to be the button though. Yeah, I want, want that off, off the Looney Tunes and the yeah. whole yep. Wiley Coyote. Slam, push down. Acme. So, yeah, you gotta push the whole T bar down.
3: Mm-hmm. Tyler, you didn't clarify that you wanted people out of the building that you wanted to blow up, so now you're listed as a psychopath. I'm sorry, yeah,
4: Brian, I I, I cannot yeah, go on my work trip
3: because <laughs> I'm on a
0: flight list. Damn it.
2: <laughs> I would I don't know what I would pay to blow up the saddle dome, but I would be happy to do it. I would take all the shovels out. And then I would push the, again, like Rick said, I want it to be the big, I want it to be the big T-bar, T-bar. pushed down. Yeah. I don't want a button. Yeah. I don't, if I can, if I can do it with like one of the big hammer swing things, like at a carnival, like the <laughs> bell things, that's what ideally I would like to do. Um, I don't know. I'd pay a million dollars for that. You
3: have to use some All of right, that qu- cash to coordinate the Calgary buses, to block everyone's view of the implosion at the right. Oh, second. that's so good. That's so <laughs> good. Yeah, <it> <laughs> so tarp, no one can see it. No a one has up, put it the tarp, tarp up. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, question three: Ask the idiots for our friends at Buster's Pizza. Tyler, I'm starting with you. It's clear we need a true scoring forward. Would you go after Tarasenko? If you if if so, what are you offering to make it happen?
0: I don't think St. Louis is trading him in season anymore. I understand like his his deal may uh, hold, or his trade request is still holding up. This Blues team is doing it's doing too good, and to make a deal, you would have to. First off, offload Miko Koskinen and then pay a premium to get Tarasenko at 50% retained. And by the way, he's looking like the Vladimir Tarasenko of old once again. Two more years at seven and a half million dollars. I Let me just start by saying it's not realistic. But if I, if I had to make an offer, I would offer Xavier Borgo a second round pick and a conditional second rounder if he scores 30 goals next season.
2: Dan, you picking up Tarasenko? at yes. twenty nine. What are you giving up? I mean, yeah, I, I just,
3: I would, but I just don't think St. Louis is doing it. So therefore, uh, like, it's to me, it's just kind of an useless exercise, and I still want to go after defense and goaltending first. Rick,
4: I think St. Louis would do it. It just have to be a hockey trade, and uh, I don't think we have the assets to make anything, uh, make a deal like that. Um, but yeah, no more than say this year, next year, first, and maybe a lesser prospect than Borgo?
2: I would love Tarasenko. I've loved him since he kind of came into the league. The dude is a legit sniper. He shoots like a rocket. I'd uh, love to have him. I don't know how you would make the math work with contracts that you would have to send out to clear the cash. I don't think St. Louis would trade him anyway. Uh, maybe in the offseason if he still wants to go, but um, I just don't see it happening. So I'll just I'll just say no. Uh, I don't know how the math would work and you'd probably have to pay a big, big spend to get them. Um, Last question, ask the idiots and then we're going to do the draw for the Buster's pizza GC. I'm going to start with Rick on this one. Obviously you want the Oilers playing more games than they have been due to COVID postponements, but are there any positives you can see that come out of this break?
4: Yeah, I think we heard about one yesterday, the day before I think it was Zach Hyman was talking about how his shoulders feeling better with the, fact he's just been able to rest absolute all rest right um also in this time i do not exactly sure where we are on nuge but i think he's gonna end up missing like four games instead of fucking 15 or whatever you know um i think that's a that's a valuable a valuable thing you know extra time for for smith is also is also a good thing so yeah there's there's some good in there but uh yeah they need to get out there and start playing though
2: Dan, any see any positives with these COVID delays?
3: Yeah, I think that there's a couple of, you guys have already talked about the injuries. I wish they would have just deactivated Mike Smith and made him sit in bubble wrap until game time again. But uh, other than that, I, I think it's been good to kind of get those guys back. And then also, Honestly, it's just had these guys kind of sitting there watching other teams rack up the points and watching themselves drop down those standings some more. And hopefully, maybe that wakes them up from some of these uh, some of these issues and these question marks that we've seen previous during this 12 game stretch
2: of games. Tyler, any, any benefits to this COVID postponement, delay, break, whatever you want to call it?
0: Yeah, gave gave a couple guys a chance to get healthy. And I also think, like, we saw the moment at practice where Connor McDavid messed up the drill and Barry kind of barked from the corner, like, oh, he's human. I wonder if maybe this much time without games allows everyone to go through, like, a bit of almost like an offseason reset, right? Like, you haven't played a lot and shit wasn't going well. And it's almost like by the time you play against Ottawa, you will have, in a way, forgotten all the bad shit that's happened in the last month. And I think it'll allow Unless you to start you fresh.
4: on first unless you're scoring off first, which I, that thing is going to rear, rear its ugly head right away. I think
0: I even think I, I, I don't know. Like, I just think even if you give up the first goal against Ottawa, I just think you're feeling so refreshed and you're just like, fuck boys. Like let's, let's get after it here. And maybe that's just me feeling optimistic about the Oilers game. Cause they, they haven't disappointed us in a few weeks, but I don't know. I think it just <laughs> gave them a chance to like take a breath and refresh.
2: Uh, I'll just say, obviously like Rick and Dan said, you get guys healthy again. Zach Hyman said, listen, my shoulder is a thing been able to rest it up. He also brought up Nuge. I see Dave Tippett says Nuge starts skating next week. So he hasn't missed a whole lot of time in terms of games. So that's a positive, obviously letting guys get healthy that were a little bit banged up. Good news. I also like what Tyler said about, Hey, maybe you just use this time to shake it off a little bit. Let's the frustration from the road trip go. That's now in the past. Let's focus on tomorrow's game against the senators, which we're going to preview right after this. And, first, I push my little randomizer button to see who wins the gift card from our friends at Buster's Pizza. It's spinning. It's spinning. It's spinning. Uh, Evan. Evan, congratulations. You won the Buster's Pizza gift card. He asked if you could build the Oilers Management Ground Up Coaches GM, who would you pick and why? So you just got yourself a Buster's Pizza GC for submitting the question. Fire those in my DMs. People slide on in. You're all welcome. You could be entered to win a gift card from Buster's Pizza. Before we get to the hot and cold performers to wrap up this week's podcast, I just want to touch on tomorrow's game against the Ottawa Senators. First game in 10 days. How are you guys feeling about it? Because as I'm writing the GDB, the, the game day preview for tomorrow to OilersNation.com, I'm excited, man. I, just, I missed the Oilers. I missed... I know that they haven't played well over the last 13. All of that, Fine. I've missed watching hockey. I missed it when last week's game was postponed. They were supposed to play Vegas tonight, postponed. I'm just excited to watch hockey again. Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I am.
0: I'm as well. Um, it's going to be good Saturday night against Ottawa, a team that they have a ton of success against last year. It really feels like a good opportunity for them to bounce out of this sort of losing streak they've been on and maybe turn a bit of a new page here as as they look to move into 2022 on a good note. So, yeah, I'm excited for the game. Ottawa's not that good, even though they beat Calgary. Um, but yeah, I'm just I honestly it'll be nice to like you know be on Twitter and interacting with people and seeing the jokes and watching McDavid play all that stuff. It's all good.
2: Dan, what are you thinking?
3: Yeah, I mean, we've uh, we've had a couple of couple of gifts from the schedule makers, and it wasn't really an even intended. But you know, coming out of a stretch like we've had to be able to play a team like Ottawa should be, you know, a tune-up game for this team. Especially, yeah, especially seeing how they played last year against them. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely there's definitely that little tinge of uh oh, you know, like Rick said, if that first goal goes in, does that doubt creep up, and we're going to have a frustrating night Saturday, or is it point night for everybody, and we're going to have a lot of fun.
2: I hope so. Rick, what are you thinking about tomorrow's game?
4: Man, I, I just want to get going. Just want to get out there and play. Uh, it's, like you said, it's been a long time. There's been a lot of bullshit in between, um, yep. coming out of a lot of negativity. Uh, so it'd be nice to, uh, to, to be able to move on from it. And, uh, yeah, Ottawa is definitely not the team they were last year. I think they are a much, much better team right now. So it's actually, uh, it's going to be a tough game, man. It's not going to be that simple, but I do think we, uh, we match up well against them. And if we play as well as we can play, I think we can play with anybody in the league. So as long as they come out and play like that, we'll be okay.
2: As of today, Friday, two o'clock on January 14th, some of the practice lines the Oilers had going, Stuart Skinner will get the start tomorrow. Uh, I just want to start there quickly. Anybody surprised that Skinner gets the start over Koskinen tomorrow?
3: Yep. I was not from a perspective of. A I, I like the move, but I'm surprised that we went away from our veterans, as we've mentioned with the coaching before.
2: Rick, you're not
4: surprised? No, no I think he, no, I think he's the better. I think he's the better goaltender. I think they've they've given him when Smith's not around. I think he's kind of viewed as the. The the next better option now. Um, it took a little. It took a couple of games this year for him to kind of solidify that spot. But I don't think they have um, much faith in Koskinen. So uh, seeing this move, um, I'm, I'm not horribly surprised about it.
2: Tyler surprised Skinner over Costco. No,
0: I'm not surprised. Actually, I think there might be a little bit of broken trust between Miko Koskinen and Dave Tippett, and I'm not I'm not the least bit surprised that Tippett sits there and goes, "You know what? I can trust Skinner more than I can trust you right now." And I don't think Tippett really would have had much of a problem making that decision. So I'm happy it's Skinner, and I and I wasn't stunned to see it either.
2: Uh Oilers need either Tyler Benson or Warren Fogle to test out of. COVID protocol tomorrow to ice a full lineup. So, right today, this is just practice lineups. We'll have a better idea tomorrow after the morning skate. They had Dry McDavid, Cassian. They had Hyman, McLeod, Pugliarvi, Yamamoto, Ryan, Sevier, Perlini, and Shore with nobody else on that fourth line. Again, we need an extra body here. How are you feeling about the forward lines, Tyler?
0: I saw a bunch of people making a big stink about them as like an anti tippet thing when they saw the lines. First off, Rashog tweeted them. And I think what's a bit of a funny order because he had McLeod, Hyman, Puliarvi listed as like his third line and they're. It's probably the second line dry side of McDavid Cassian. I'm OK with putting 97 and 29 together for this game because they beat the fucking tar out of Ottawa last year. Every chance they got. And you know what? I think putting those two together against Ottawa probably guarantees you a goal or two at even strength. So I, I'm fine with that. I like the second line. The third line, Ryan, Yamo and Sevier, like maybe one change I wouldn't have minded was Yamo on the top line and Cassian with Ryan and Sevier. But Yamos was playing really, really well before the pause. And I think maybe they're looking at him and going, let's see if you can drive play away from Leon Dreisaitl and, and maybe he can spark some sort of depth scoring there.
2: How do you guys feel about the D pairings that were at practice today? They have Keith, CeCe. Uh, oh, they had Keith. First, they had Art. Nurse and CeCe playing together. Then they had Keith and Barry playing together. But by the end of practice, Keith and CeCe were back together. Well, I guess just what would you like to see as the D, com, uh, D pairings?
4: I'd go same as C. they've C. always been. CC Keith Bouchard Nurse, and then Barry with whomever is ready to go as your third lefty.
0: Yeah, it's fine with me. Why you yeah, maybe Uh
2: Just lastly, before we get to hot and cold performers, Oilers just just tweeted: Oilers twenty twenty fourth round pick Carter Savoy has been named a Hobie Baker finalist. For what he's done down in the NCAA, is hit, it so bad that sure I sure.
3: thought you were going to say something really bad and <laughs> like I was just assuming there was some more
2: bad news coming about Carter Savoy? No, nope, yeah. this is good news. He has been a name day finalist for the Hobie Baker, and he's shooting. The Weird
4: thing up. is how he never got the how he never got any sniff towards the World Junior team though.
2: Tyler, you covered him a lot with your time <laughs> with the Crusaders. Is that surprising to you? I know obviously the tournament got canceled, blah blah blah, but like, was that surprising to you?
0: Uh, three of the players left off of the world junior team that caught my attention were Brant Clark, who, uh, if you remember last year, decided to go over to Europe to play when the CHL canceled its season. Matt Savoy was left off the world junior team, even though he's leading the WHL in scoring. He went and played in the USHL last year when the CHL was postponing and dragging its feet. And Carter Savoy didn't go to the CHL at all. He went to Denver and and went the college route. So I'm actually... I think there's something there between those three. And that's why I think Savoy yeah, might have been say, left
4: off. So you're saying that there's some hurt feelings amongst the guys in the suits that these kids decided Oops. to go play outside the CHL.
0: Yeah. And and that's, definitely me speculating but we've heard that before with hockey canada and i just think it's a weird coincidence that the three biggest snubs from that world junior camp were three guys who chose to go an alternate route
3: last year well and tyler is that something we that's, saw with russia we saw yeah. it with russia is Fair that enough, something yeah. that's commonly commonly been talked about here in this during this world junior lead up and then during the tournament
0: it got talked about a little bit yeah. and a lot of people threw cold water on it and were like no 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 but like Carter Savoy at one point was averaging like a goal a game in NCAA Matt Savoy leads the WHL in scoring and he doesn't even get to go to camp. The guy doesn't get yeah. to go to camp. He's going to be potentially a top five pick in the draft. And you didn't think he should go to your camp. I just, and Brant Clark was what, what did he go early, early in the first round too. And he did, I get with him. There was like some character stuff and all that, but I don't know. I just felt like Carter Savoy got a bit of a raw deal in the world junior discussion, but we'll see. We'll see if he turns pro right away as well. Carson Carson boy, boy, 12 goals, goals, since since You 16, are a robot, bag milk. Whoa, your mic is
4: sounds weird. I was wondering if that was my, my ears or not.
3: <laughs> it's like slowed right down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you're still, you're still slow. It sounds really right. groggy. Well, okay, bag I'm bag guessing it's the cord. Yeah, it's probably. Ta- I got it. take over. Yeah, I'll, I'll
4: take over. Yeah,
0: um, bag I'll milk is milk going to. Water. Water. Bag Milk's gonna uh, hopefully he's not pouring water on that soundboard. Uh, we got a nice view here of him trying to fix this as well on the video side of things. Uh, <laughs> oh, you right. still here. <laughs> what else did we have to do? Let's do score predictions while we're waiting for Bag Milk to plug in his, uh, his older headphones. What are we thinking against Ottawa? I'm gonna say seven to
3: two Oilers. Okay. Rick?
4: I think we do pull the W. I think it's gonna be a little more uh, humble ish than that. And I'll go with a uh, four one.
0: Dan seven two Rick goes four one. I'm gonna say a Skinner and net. I'm gonna say he impresses and the Oilers win this one five to two, being the final. Uh, Bag milk. Do you, do you have a score prediction? If you're there, do
2: I sound normal again? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you
0: do.
4: It's a little yeah, you're a little
2: aggressive, but yeah. <laughs> Good lord! All right, I'm gonna say four two. Keeping it all around. Right,
0: mm-hmm. Bag milk goes oh, four yeah, two. I two. Didn't think of that. Now I uh, uh, are we are we going to hunt and cold performers?
2: cold performers for our friends at Deuce Vodka. If you go to deucevodka.com, handsome Brett Kizzle, find in store button right to the right of that. That's the one you want to click on. Make sure you can get yourself a bottle, drink responsibly, provided that you are of legal drinking age. As we do every week, we start off with our veggies. We look at the cold performer of the week first, and then we finish off the podcast with some good news. So your Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week, I'm looking at Nation Dan first on my screen.
3: My, my deuce vodka cold performer of the week is a selfish one. So it is going to go to Kodak black, but it's only because he gave the Florida Panthers an extra thousand, almost 2000 new followers on Instagram. And selfishly, I've been trying to get hockey fights to eclipse the Florida Panthers in following. (laughs) And so he's helping them out and he's hurting my goals. So Kodak black, you get my cold performer of the week. Forgot. Sorry. One sec. <laughs> it's, it's the buttons all show in the middle of the episode. Uh, where is it? Where's it? The, you, they got your cold performer. Is that correct, Dan? Yes, that would yeah. be a cold. I'm upset. I wouldn't
2: say
3: I'm Dan, upset, though.
2: I thought Dan was going to say Kodak Black as the cold performer because he couldn't close the deal. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Rick, your next up. Deez Vodka, cold performer of the week.
4: Uh, I gotta go with mine. Is it goes out to the All Star Game selections? Um, I think this everybody needs a representative from their team, and the game is kind of uh, silly. Um, this is for the best players. I get it. Not, nobody really gives a shit about the uh, the All Star Game. It's more directed for the kids. But uh, I think you should have those players out there. And this whole everybody needs to be included in the uh, in the game itself is kind of stupid. Um, I liked it back in the day when we had like the the skills competition in every arena. And then he took the best of the best and he put them all put together some sort of fucking tournament like that for the for skills comp there. But uh, yeah, I got Yeah, we'll just go to the, uh, the, the selection of the All-Star game.
0: What the hell is going on? See, and I think there absolutely should be a representative from every team. It's a big it's almost like a celebration of the NHL. And I think it's neat that every team's best player is there.
4: Like it would be Probably no that's, fun
0: that's, if you actually picked the Central Division All Stars based on who earned it. It would be like four or five Colorado Avalanche players. Like who the fuck wants to watch? But
4: that? Look at the look at the look at the look at the uh, All Pro game and the, uh, the Pro Bowl game in, in the NFL. That kind of happens. Pro Bowl. Look, I mean, shit, my, my screen my screensaver for my computer is the uh, one two three four five six seven eight nine Edmonton Oilers wearing Campbell Conference jerseys and the coach standing in the middle of them
3: and how many teams yeah, were but, in the league when that was taken <laughs> and how many people uh, and how much of of the, was their tv deal like were they trying to pull yeah. in markets from all over the country well that's, that's what the i thing. said it that's all it is
4: the game it's the game itself is whatever but you, yeah. can, you can utilize these players you can do a young guns game that gets every team on i there. think you can use the fucking the the all-star the the, the, the the all-star competitions in each arena
3: i like the idea the of having have
4: some sort of like that but
3: I like the you idea of having only like having your representatives all play in the skills competition, and then the all star game can be the all stars. You know, like I, yeah, I would like to I'm have saying. every representative they, in the all skills. Game.
4: I have them included in the weekend somehow. You know, yeah. in the in the competition or a young guns game or whatever. But the all star game itself, if you have fucking nine of them, then you have nine of them. Nah, nah. I Shit, uh, we have both goaltenders on this picture. I'm looking at Grafier and Andy Mulger there. How'd Mike I, Vernon feel?
2: I couldn't care less about the All Star games. Exactly, I don't really have an opinion about it. <laughs> but it's it's uh, for
4: the younger kids, right? So,
2: and it's a marketing thing. It's for yeah. sponsors. It's for we
4: liked it fans. as kids.
2: Sure, sure. I still, I still, of of the All Star Weekend festivities, I'll still watch the skills competition. 100. percent I love the skills comp. I do too. I, I think it's a the lot of fun. Shot, the fastest skater, come on, or well, great. I remember back in the day when Ally Afraidy was rolling in there with the skullet, just absolutely dummy in pucks, and he had that big heavy wood stick they were all using back in the night Did not bend at all. Did not. Flex on that thing was concrete. Uh, <laughs> my cold perform, my Deuce Vodka cold perform of the week is Wordle. If you played it, that word puzzle game that is going everywhere on Twitter, I'm so bad at these games. First of all, I'm bad at puzzles. I'm bad at anything words related. I'm so bad at this game, so I'm going to say Wordle.
4: You say words related? Yeah. What's your job? What's uh, your career? Sort
2: of, kind of? Oh, I will. Again, people that listen to this will probably agree with me that my words are an issue. So, Wordle, you are my cold performer of the week, mostly just because I'm really bad at it. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. On Better Late Than Never last night, actually, one of the questions that came into the voicemail was, how long did it take you to think that you were good at blogging? And my answer was, to be honest, I don't at all. It's been ten question years. I just keep I, moving forward, yeah, just I bring in page. Views. that's what I do. Mm-hmm. uh, flipping the ledger, let's end off this podcast with some positive news, Mr. Yaremchuk. you're up first, you're deuce vodka, hot performer of the week.
0: you get my cold performer of the week for not coming to me and asking me for my cold performer of the week
2: of course. oh yeah, oh. Your cold performer oh, of the. Week. Oh.
0: I really didn't have a good one. I was gonna say how icy it was the other day because I fell down in my parking lot and like I had my lunch in my hands and and my water bottle and my bag with my laptop. Are we talking and a fell.
4: sandwich? Are we talking a soup? Is it a big thing of chili like Kevin from the office? Good what question. kind of uh it was kind of, uh, a question.
0: It was one Tupperware container with a cut up orange in it and one Tupperware container with some Chicago mix in it. Did
2: and either just, of those open?
0: No, they didn't. I was lucky, but my shoulder today is Fucked, it hurts so much. Um, so anyways, cold performer for me was how icy it was yesterday. Um, my hot performer of the week. I was going to give it to Carter Savoy, but we already hit on that. So I am going to give a premature hot performer of the week to the Buffalo Bills. I'm giving them all of my hot performer energy and I'm sending it their way for Saturday so they can beat up on Bill Belichick and the new England Patriots. Cause the Pats are frauds.
2: I can't believe. Rick, do you agree with that as a fellow football fan?
4: I agree the Pats are frauds, but I've, uh, as a as a fan of a team in the same division of the, as the Bills, I have watched the Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Billet every year for ages and ages and ages. <laughs> they can start off at six and zero oh, and they look fantastic; <laughs> like they're unbeatable, and their next six games are all losses. Like it's almost it's that is the way it goes. Um, I do think they win this weekend, but I do not see them getting past. The, I don't see them getting to the Super Bowl. That's for sure.
0: So you're telling Tyler, me the hundred bucks I put on them to win the Super Bowl was not smart money? Damn it.
4: Tyler, that might be worth the risk, but ah. it ain't coming back to you.
2: Tyler or Rick or Dan, if you want, uh really quickly, I'd like to boost my bankroll in my betting account a little bit. If I'm gonna make some money on some football this weekend, where should I put some money? Uh
0: the over in Cincy Vegas and the under in Buffalo, New England are two that I like. And if you wanna be if you wanna play safe, uh you could just do a six point teaser on either of those and you're getting over 42 and a half and under 50. I think that's a smart play. Uh,
2: Next up, Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. Nation Dan.
3: No, Tyler's got you all thrown off bag milk. This is my hot performer of the week. Hot performer
2: of the week. Good Lord. Dan, (laughs) please end off the week with some good news. Your Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week. Well, my
3: Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week is going to head a little bit west from here. Uh, to our rivals in Vancouver and to artists, specifically to artist Trevor Lai for the uh, Chinese new year Jersey that the Vancouver Canucks just <laughs> released, man, just you're right. Bag milk, such a, such a cool design, neat to see some, some artists that have never really been tapped for this kind of work being given an opportunity. And I, and I said it on Twitter when they released it, I think we're heading into a kind of a golden age of jerseys here, but we're going to see some unique designs that we've never been able to see before on hockey jerseys. And so for that, Trevor lie in the Vancouver Canucks, you're going to get my hot performer of the week.
2: Where's button. my button. <laughs> He's a <hot> guy! <laughs> Rick, you're just vodka hot performer of the week.
4: Well, oh, if you need some money there, I'd say look at the uh, the Niners to beat the to beat the Cowboys. I think that's a that's that's where that one's going. But I think it's it was announced yesterday. Maybe it was this morning. I don't quite remember. So we're gonna go about forty minutes south of where I'm at currently, and uh, it is the announcement that coming soon to Edmonton, first in Alberta. Oh man, yes, BF Changs.
2: Mm-hmm. I can already taste B. the BF friend buddy
4: buddy i jay uh jay mentioned in that little tweet we had going the other day he's like, rick's getting that that ribeye or the whatever i had yeah. and it was like 11 o'clock in the morning i got like yeah, 18 ounce steak like it was <laughs> fucking great trust me i can't wait to do that again DF jang's think- coming to edmonton that's the hot performer
1: the big guy is smart smoking-
2: I also think of Coomzi at like 11 in the morning, drinking a big punch bowl that yeah, yeah. had like three liters of booze in it. Uh, PF Chang's. <laughs> so I will, I'm very excited about that. That's not very far from me either. I will be going there. Again, if you've never been to PF Chang's, the, my approach is I eat everything, but I save the kung pao shrimp off in a little pile to the end. And then I, oh, yeah. I would put those in my pocket if I could. Uh, just to wrap things up, my Deuce Vodka Hot Performer of the Week is Drake's Hot Sauce Approach to... Uh, well, if you know, you know. He's a hot you know? guy! <laughs> you know? If you know, you know. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about right now, I encourage you to Google, Google it. Drake Hot Sauce and just enjoy what you find. That's what I would recommend <laughs> that you do with your weekend. I'm not going to dig into it beyond that. Tyler, your thoughts on Drake and Hot Sauce.
0: Uh He's a smart guy, clearly. I mean... The only reason this got found out is because it turns out he's not crazy for taking these preventative measures. So I think Drake is a smart guy and clearly a very caring individual.
2: Uh, It's a spicy. We brought this up beforehand.
4: We brought this up beforehand. The other person involved here is a terrible, terrible human being. Yeah. Awful.
2: Uh, So again, Drake hot sauce. You were going to want to Google that one. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not at work if you're at work when when you're, you know, (laughs) When you're up uh, the old
0: incognito tab.
2: <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. ah, from all the boys here at Weather's Nation Radio, I want to say thank you as I do every week. DoorDash, Oodle, Noodle, Cornerstone, Insurance, Deuce Fog, and Busters Pizza for making it all possible. And more importantly, you, the listener, for welcoming us into your heads every week on Friday. The numbers, Tyler, they continue to grow on this podcast. Yes? hmm We're growing season over season. This is episode 175 of Oilers Nation Radio. Download, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a cousin, tell an auntie, tell an uncle, tell anybody around you. Until next week, have a great weekend, everybody. Kodak Black.
3: Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button
1: and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram.